Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shank needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. Round by Keys, and I'm also joined for the first time this season by Asterix the Gaul making his return to the show. Uh, a few plugs off the top, as we like to do. Share the show around. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to watch live, we're on Twitch. Jump in the comments, have your say, and uh, it's it's quite an interesting time of the year, I think, for the Eagles, given given where we're at, given how we came into the season and, and what we're looking for now. Uh, gents, we'll get into the Melbourne game in just a second, but as I just mentioned there, Asterix, we have had you on before, though not this season, so... About a month into the season, what what have you made of it? I know you're a pretty keen watcher of of the Eagles, but also of the younger guys coming through, and that's very much the the tone for the season this year. Is what do we make of the younger guys? How have you found the first month of Eagles footy? Actually, it's been refreshing. Hmm. I I like the the game plan. It's it's obvious that we've got a different game plan going with speed, uh, but that was evident actually. If you take our, our draft profile, every player we picked had speed, um, and that was quite different. And on the whole, pretty good ball skills. So. I could see that we were drafting for a game plan in, in mind. A um, little bit devastated with all the injuries we had with Fremantle, but actually all that does is stop us from trying to get up as high as we can and miss the finals and just accept the fact that we're not going to be able to play our old farts and uh, give the give the youngsters more of a go. So I've enjoyed it. Um, loving the work of, of Noah Long. He's mm. reset the benchmark for me at pick 58. Um, I'm really loving that one. Uh, loving the... I've got to be honest, I didn't see the development in Jinby that I've seen um, in, in the first four weeks. Loving the way he's just streaming out of the centre and it's yeah, a bit more confidence and a little bit more strength and so forth. And uh, we're going to see those those charges out, which is great. Um, and and with Hewitt, I look a little disappointed in with, with Hewitt. I don't think he's got the tank. I don't think he has the strength. And coming on as a sub is always a bit of a pain because you, you, you take a while to get up to the game speed. But... Oh, over and all, very, very happy um, with what I've seen and love the fact that there's been some honesty out of the club instead of the bullshit from Fitzpatrick and Gibbs in the past that said, we're going to compete, watch how quickly we rebound up. You know, we're not that effing stupid. We needed a big list overhaul and they're almost lies just used to piss me off. But I'm glad that we've come clean on it that said, actually, they probably knew that internally, but they were just feeding us garbage from the outset. So happy. Look, I went to the Melbourne game. Um, there were a lot of good things to watch out of the Melbourne game. It wasn't all that bad. And late in the quarters in the second half, we started to struggle a bit. But you know, how much of that is having to play off your feet against Fremantle and, and having very few rotations mm. and being knackered? Mm. And how much of it is we've got a lot of young guys that were out there. But overall, pretty happy with the season so far. And as I said to people I go to football with, just watch these times because in three or four years' time when we're back up, we'll be able to remember the young guys that came in and uh, how raw they were and you know we're getting beaten up a bit but I remember when Clary Oliver and Petrarca looked like crap as well Let's get into the Melbourne game. West Coast Eagles, 9-9-63, were defeated by Melbourne, 19-12-126. Good uh, day to everybody jumping in the chat as well. Jump in, share the show, share your comments, share your views. We love that. Keys, Eagles and Melbourne coming into it. Some people feared the worst. I think actually last week when we were discussed it, we sort of skewed more optimistic than not in terms of the result. Uh, the margin, 10 goals, not particularly flattering. Equally, Melbourne have two 50-point wins on the resume prior to coming across to... Uh, Optus Stadium there. So what did you see in the game? I think most people were relatively pleased with the first half. Melbourne just too good for the back end uh, for me. Yeah, I think um, I had a big tick for effort. 
there for the for the I think for the duration of the match, not just the first mm. half. I think the effort was always there. Mm. Um, the execution skills and decision making, yeah, not so much. I think we I think we shot ourselves in the foot uh, early, in particular. Um, our connection with our forwards was off, and I think we left. I think in the first half we probably left a, a good three or four goals out there, and I, and I think at half time you sort of thought that was the game felt closer than I think it was about four goals. Four um, four to eight four, yeah, and we really should have been level or near enough. Yeah, to... so I think you know that that wasn't wasn't a true reflection of the game. I think. Um, and then I think the second half was probably a bit closer. I mean, the funny thing is, I think, well, a 10-goal loss, I mean, we dropped four goals in the first half and then six in the second. So mm. we didn't lose the second half by as significant a margin as what you kind of... You felt the inside 50s in the second half were, were pretty bleak. I think it was something like 36 to 14 or 15 <laughs> or something like that. So, I mean, the good thing in the second half was with 15 entries, we still got five and a half, you know, five goals, five or something like that. So... We're actually scoring when we got in there. We just couldn't get it there. So, um, yeah, there was a. I think I don't think you ever feel good losing by ten goals. Um, but I don't feel like I wasn't flattened by that. Mm. I mean, you'll go back like last year. We lost. I think we lost to Sydney by ten goals around Easter time as well. Um, and that was flat. I mean, I think we had. I think that game we kicked like one goal in the first half. If we even got that, and we just got we just got obliterated. Um, so, you know, that, that was one where you flat, flat, but this one didn't quite feel like that. I don't, I don't think, and there was, there was positives to take from it, as Asterix alluded to with the way, um, the way we're trying to play. I think you can, you can see it as there's an intent. And I think even the, the good thing for me was even in that second half when we were getting beaten up a little bit, we didn't move away from what we're trying to, what we're trying to do. I mean, it would have been easy to sort of say, Oh shit, we're 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 toast here. Let's protect the scoreboard and maybe minimise the damage and throw numbers back and be a bit more conservative with the ball and try and um, possess it and go back to that kick mark slow style. But we step, we kept pushing. You know, it got ugly for us a few times, but we didn't we didn't stray away from what what we're trying to do. So that was that was encouraging as well. That um, there's a pretty hard commitment to saying this is what we're about and we're going to keep going even when we're undermanned and behind on the scoreboard. Yeah, I, I think the the first point there in terms of the connection with the forwards, that certainly was disappointing. And as you said, probably left a little bit of meat on the bone, I suppose, from a scoring point of view. How much of that was skill errors, bad decisions? I'm sure a big chunk of it. The other half, you know, asterisks I wonder is that Melbourne's defense is very good, and they sat a spare back there, and they had they had May on Allen for a lot of the a lot of the opening half there, and just we weren't really doing the forwards any favors, so that was a bit frustrating. Um, asterisks, we've been tracking the age brackets, I suppose, or the experience brackets rather, throughout the early portion of the season on the show, and 11 players this week, less than 50 games, uh, three in that next bracket, 50 to 99, five in the 100 to 149 and only four truly senior players in that 150 plus bracket 11 players asterisk under that 50 game mark melbourne very good side very drilled side you wonder was it just experience you know was there a bit more improvement on the day to be had or, or is this another one where you come away from it oddly bullish on it given the result no you've got to come away bullish i think um you go back to oscar and to jack They've hardly played together. Whereas if you take JK and Jack, they had their systems in place. You, know, you quite often used to see Jack flying in behind JK. So JK had the had the free mark to go for and so forth. Uh, Oscar and, and, and Darling have got no, no connection that is evident just yet. They're building it and that'll come. And with that also comes with the smalls who will be at their feet um, to be able to to be able to row for it. So I, I think there's a lot of positives. I mean, a couple of things. Melbourne are very good at trusting each other, and we haven't built that trust yet. So where we had a couple of players, and I was talking to Monical, and he was bitching about there's still signs of us corralling there. And there's also, but I think it's more that a lack of trust. So you'll have two or maybe three people going in for the contest. And Melbourne learnt this because about four years ago, they said they had too many balls in trying to get the ball and not enough players on the outside receiving it. So Melbourne are trusting themselves. When they get that ball, quickly goes out mm. and you've got someone on the outside that then makes you look stupid because you've got two or three in at the contest against a one or a two. So that will come with a bit of experience, a bit of composure and a bit of trust between each other in, in the contest. But, you know, there were there were times there where we had at the centre clearance as we had Williams with Jinby, Hewitt and, um, and Gaff. Gally. 
Oh, yeah, throw Cully in there as well. Yeah, Cully. But we, we had some pretty inexperienced guys trying to win the contest. And I, I actually don't get negative on what they were doing. I'm thinking, great, we've got two bulls. They just need how to need to know how to work in the park together because it's not easy when you've got the likes of Jinby lining up with um, with Cully. They, they, they've, they've hardly done it. They're like, They've done it at training, I think. That would be it. So I'm, I'm yeah. very bullish for it all. I was a little bit yeah. disappointed in some of our older players, actually. If you take our 20, 25, 28-year-old, you know, I, I, I know probably I'm out there a bit different, but I thought Duncan had a crap game. Um, and he's, he's very slow in, in his movement downfield and very hesitant to move the ball on. It's as if he, he doesn't buy into the game plan. And I thought, oh, no. And you know, Hearn a couple of times, he's trying to move the ball on, but his natural instinct is, where's my little outlet pass? You can see it as but, well. You can see that, the cogs turning a bit with, with Shannon when he gets it, yeah. Yeah, you can see it. And it the, with experience and a bit more composure, will come composure and there'll be more buying into a consistent game plan. So, yeah, pretty happy. I think the mids were a big uh, talking point, certainly with the selection keys. We went in very mid-heavy in terms of guys who historically we've considered midfielders in terms of West. Uh, Clark played predominantly wing, but, you know, he was obviously got a selection. Luke Edwards, we saw Cully come back in. We saw Yo come back in. He exclusively played off the halfback flank, which was interesting and maybe something to watch as he builds up his tank. Um, but Keys, another thing we've been keeping an eye on is that centre bounce attendance and who's getting first crack at it. Tim Kelly took 26 of the 30 centre bounces, 36 touches, two goals. I know there's a bit of bitter back and forth about his disposal efficiency. I have weighed in on that pretty heavily as well. So apologies for derailing a few threads there, Keys. But uh, I thought TK was great. I know he burned a few. I get that. But he is the one trying to drag us into aggressive, yeah. competent midfield footy, you know, clearance footy. So good luck to him. Um, but Keys, the other ones we're interested in looking at, look, Jinby, 18 centre bounce attendance. Uh, Cully had 21, a bit rusty. Well, very rusty, but 21 there. Uh, Edwards had five. He came away with a fair few clearances, 16 touches, 12 contested. So up against an elite midfield unit in Melbourne, um, Keys, I think you even flagged it last week. Do you think this was just how can we expose as many of these midfielders to what a truly elite AFL midfield looks like? Like? And, and how do you think that little experiment panned out? Yeah, well, I think we've got we've got no choice. We're pretty light on for experience in the midfield. So, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, Kelly was great. I think a big part of what the game is now, sometimes now, is just getting the, the ball forward. And I think mm. I've heard Simpson a couple of times talk about the game's kind of chaotic at the moment. Um, and that's just, yeah, getting through, getting the ball out of, out of the, the centre or wherever, out of contests quickly with pace. And then sometimes it's not all that important where the kick goes as long as it goes forward. And I I think you know it's like with Petrarca and Oliver there. Their kicks aren't always precise coming out of the centre line. They've just got good enough players in front of the ball to take advantage and they defend behind it really well. So those erratic kicks don't tend to come back over your head the same sort of way. Um, the experience is, I said that before the season started, I said I don't want to see Gaff anywhere near a centre bounce mm. for the whole season. I want to see him on the wing. Um, at the moment, between Simpson and Gaff, they're kind of making me eat my words on that a little bit. I don't really want to see Gaff in the centre square, but he's going okay. And he's, he's they've changed his role up. Um, and I think probably for the better, because I think with his lack of space on a wing, in the way the game's being played, I think he, that he would get exposed. In the centre, he's probably he's probably got enough nows to get around the ball. I think he got nine tackles, which is career high or something like that. He's throwing himself around at a very physical midfield as well for a guy yeah, who so doesn't get the reputation. So he's, so he's putting in. I think in time you probably want to see him moved on from there, but as a stopgap so that we just don't get the kids completely beaten up inside. It's not it's not a bad use of Gaff and his experience. We probably need a little bit of leadership out there. Um, and then the young guys, I liked what I see from Luke Edwards. I mm. mean, mm. in time, his production will increase. He's not quick um, across the ground, but when he gets to footy, I made a comment in one of the threads, he's Pendlebury-like. He's not as good as Pendlebury, so don't someone just jump on that. But the way <laughs> he, seem, he seems to be able to, when he gets to footy, he seems to just have that extra half second to, he doesn't really move anywhere, but he seems to find a way through, and he's quite evasive. He's pretty evasive. Mm. Um, and that's that's the sort of innate thing with a player. That's not something that you learn. So if you can get his production up, 
gets us some more contests, he'll be good. Um, yeah, Cully was nasty, but I think um, Cully, I only had two or three possessions at half time from memory. I uh, think he ended up with about 12. So he got he got better as the game wore on, uh, which is a good sign because after half time, we were generally getting beaten up. So, um, and I think after half time, Mel- I, I noticed like Melbourne with their centre square set up, they, they didn't have a they didn't have one of their mids uh, forward of the circle. They had basically two on on the wing sides and one at the back. Yep. Um, and they just saw, they allowed themselves to open up that front of that square to run through, and they did it. And a just few go. Times. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just opened it up, and we didn't have anyone on the defensive side to get in their way, and um, that that comes with having a ruck that's sort of knows where the ball's going. Um, and our mids were were being reactive, which is what they had to do because we're losing the ruck. And Williams, I thought. Um, I think he tried hard. He he sort of worked. I think he's each game this year he's gotten a bit better from the week before. So I mean he's on a pretty steep learning curve as well. But he's um, took a couple of decent marks this week as well, which is mm. encouraging. Yeah, especially you know the swing down back and fill the hole a little bit, take an intercepting mark or a mark down the line. Mm. I think yeah. he's building, like you say. Obviously, the, the first week, uh, we weren't too complimentary about him, I don't think, on here. And certainly on Big Footy, there was a lot of contention about what the ruck position looked like. But Asterix, I think given that he's gone against Grundy, he's gone against Darcy the week before, he's he's been one out, basically. He's doing 80%, 90% of the ruck work against very good ruckmen. He's throwing his body around. He's starting to get clearances as well. He's starting to do a little bit at ground level. And Grundy was very good. I think Grundy got coaches' votes as well, probably a fair few. But mm-hmm. for, for what we're doing in terms of, you're going to do it today, mate, and maybe Jake Waterman will give you four or five chop-outs as well. I think the ruck is actually going okay. That's another thing I've been subtly pleased about over the first month, I reckon, Asterix. I think a lot has to do with attitude that I'm seeing from Williams that he's actually putting in. And I think when you look at last year, there were times that I thought, Oh, stop bloody shirking the issue, you big guy. Get Go in there and do something. So I'm seeing a lot more effort. Um, against Fremantle, I thought he negated Darcy and Jackson. Yep. So they won that. They won the hit-outs, but they weren't great hit-outs to advantage. They I won thought, them by about 50, um, and I don't think, and everyone sort of went, yeah, all right, so what? Who cares? Yeah. Whereas Grundy, he's just got that extra two, three years on it, and that, that extra polish. He actually got the hit-outs to advantage that, um, that hurt us. And Melbourne are damn good at roving to him. Um, but Keys, I'm a little bit like you. Gaff, I was ready to sell him off. And if we had to pay part of his salary and give away a draft pick, I was probably happy um, at the last draft season. But I didn't want him on the inside at all. But actually, he's reinvented himself in a surprising way. So I got a wee bit of humble pie there with him. Um, so that's, that's actually pleasing to, to see. I was going to have that as one of my, my heroes for the, the, the time because... Again, I've been shitbagging him because I just think he's yeah. What we need to do, he needs to realise that we've not we've got to stop him trying to run around in circles because he can't do anything on his right. But and he keeps just running to... himself onto his right. What's he doing? Oh, it's so, so he's got to stop running onto the right, or we've got to have a player that goes past that says the prick can't use his right leg or his right arm. So actually, give him a little life to the left whenever he he goes out to the right. But no, a lot to a lot to like with Williams. I had hoped he'd form into a number one ruck. I don't think we're ever going to have him as our number one ruck. Look, he's still got another couple of years to make me look stupid, and I hope he does make me look stupid. But I I sense he's the the second ruck and the the tall forward. Um, I'd actually be okay in looking and if if depends how we go with Jamison and. Uh, with Barnett and others, we could even look at him as being a defender because for the Stingrays, he played centre-half back on a number of occasions um, as a key defender on the big guys there. So that could be something that's more of a... You've got the ball in front of you as against having... You know, so you can have your back against the player and play against the the, the King the King brothers or Thilthorpe or someone like that. And then you can maybe bring Barras in as a... More of an attacking halfback, loose, yeah, 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 an interceptor. So maybe um, I, I don't know. Catching up on some comments here as well. Sorry, uh, Hunt con- continues to be an astute recruitment decision. Absolutely, uh, I've liked what yeah. I've seen from him. And, but for someone who um, I thought was met with the news that he, we were looking at him last year was met with a huge ball of indifference. Mm. Um, by a moment, I don't think I was alone in that. I think it was. I think indifference at best from most people. I think yeah, there was some I, yeah, outright negativity about it. Um, but he's 
unusually for a West Coast recruit, he's actually settled in in his mm. first year at the club pretty well. It usually takes a guys a year, and I, and I think um, it stems back to what Asterix said, like with the draft, with who we brought in. I mean, we brought Hunt in specifically to help implement this game plan, yeah. I think. Mm. And he's a yeah. he's a real bit. I mean, there was one, there was. I think it was the second quarter. Second quarter, I think. Um, Hearn kicked it out from the back line and hit Hunt at full pace in the centre square. And it was like, oh, that's like that's just sex. I think it, it kind of it kind of busted up down the ground. I don't think we ended up getting, but it's like shit. It, it might yeah, be the that, same chain. If we can repeat that, if you can repeat that two or three times a game, that's a huge weapon to have. It um, might have been the same chain. We had one where he actually was on the end of one, possibly two handball receives, and he kept running the length of the ground. And they didn't go to him on the third, and I'm pretty sure they turned over the inside fifty kick. I think they just kicked it to a two on two or a one on one, and we didn't win it. Came back yeah. out, but yeah. he's offering himself as a link up, as a one two option. Um, yeah. But I like just, I like him both on the wing and the halfback flank. He's actually yeah, I was, yeah I was either work. Well, he's pretty much yeah, so but, in, in that round one game, Gaff didn't go inside the centre square at all. Zero centre bounce attendances. Uh, by the end of that game, though, Hunt had crept up and almost finished it as a winger. Since then, I reckon he's played largely wing, but he's named on halfback yeah. this week, Asterix. So interesting to see. Yeah, look, where's the line nowadays? Yeah, exactly it's, right. It's it stacked on the mill wherever the ball is, so... <laughs> Uh, just a few more whip arounds here with the comments. Uh, G'day, Phil. Thank you for joining us for the first time this year. Nice to see you. Uh, have we talked about Noah Long tonight? If no, what are your thoughts? Is he the steal of the draft so far? Asterix, I know you touched on him before, but just for Phil's oh. benefit there, what, what remind us what you called it. Oh, he's fantastic. He, he's reset the bar for pick 58. Um, and the good thing is we're seeing him as a, as a small forward and liking what he's doing. And he's actually saying behind the scenes, piss off. I'm a I'm midfielder. Here. I can also yeah. go forward. The thing, uh, the thing that causes me most with him is for a kid who looks like he should be playing under 15s, yeah. he actually sticks his tackles. Mm. Once, oh, what? Once he, that tackle he, with Brayshaw. Yes. And he should have got a that... fucking free kick for it as well. <laughs> well, um, yeah. it's great yeah, to he, see. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you, if he gets his arms around someone, he, he's like a fucking limpet. He doesn't let go. <laughs> but there's, if I go back to, to Long, the thing I really like about him is he reads the play extremely well. Mm. And then when he's got ball in hand, his peripheral vision and his ability to make quick decisions is fantastic. And I think that's the part... Keys, you were talking about Luke Edwards. I think he's got a very high football IQ and a slow leg speed. And you can cope by having the slower leg speed, by having that football IQ and quick enough to make your decisions that can get the ball out to someone else. But Long's got speed and quickness of decision-making. I think I saw him fumble on the weekend for the first time. I couldn't believe it. I nearly got up out of my seat and left. It was unreal. He's very fast becoming my favourite player. But guys, just just checking, I am doing the right thing by having a South Australian red in gather round, you know. Yeah, we're doing the... uh, We've got the Barossa coming through next year, apparently. A few more comments here. Asterix sort of touched on this one already. Uh, is Big Bad Bailey good enough to be a KPF or a KPD, as in a defender there? And you sort of touched on that, maybe swinging him I back. I don't think as he's a, good enough option. to be forward. I think he's only good enough to be a defender. Uh, and uh, Vichy here saying that, it, yeah, look, as much as it hurts to see Gaff inside, which we all agree is probably not something we predicted ahead of time, it has probably helped Hunt flourish. Uh, a few, I've got a nice question here from Bradley, which I will get to. So stick with us, Bradley. We're going to talk about Brady Hoff in just a sec. But we've touched on the game plan a little bit. We've touched on recruits and you know the, the new style, the new look. Uh, I know I shared a stat around on Big Footy Keys. I know you've seen this one. Over the 2021-2022 seasons, so combined, uh, the Eagles were number one in footy in kicking backwards. This year, number 18. So we've gone from top of the pack for backwards kicks to last. It's small sample size, I know, only a month in, but that seems to be a pretty predetermined sort of look at it. And the other one, gents, is the kick to handball ratio, which we know we've looked at over mm. the years. 1.38, 1.38. Uh, what did we have against Melbourne? 1.14. That is as close to even as I've seen us having a long time. So we're pretty much kicking and handballing, you know, almost one-to-one. You go back to last year, uh, you know, we had 1.67. That was when we played Geelong last year. We had 2.07. That was when we played Frio. So... Evening that up massively, and even one of the wins we played against Essendon, two point three six. So we've gone from kicking twice as much as we handball keys to almost one to one, or certainly much closer to it than it's ever been. And in the words of Josh Garlett, we're kicking it forward as well, if you'd believe that. Yeah, it's 
it's sort of noticeable. We still uh, happen a fair bit in the second half. We still have a little bit of a tendency to handball with a to a guy standing still with his back towards goal. Mm. Um, we if you're going to handball forward, fine, but a handball to a guy running into space, don't because someone flat footed then's got to try and turn around. Um, we get fucked over, and it, mm. it happened on the weekend. So yeah. we've got to try and eliminate that a little bit. Um, but, it, yeah, I think it was – I listened to – we'll get to a bit later, but Simpson on 6BR, and he was talking – Papali asked him about kicking, and he said we're, something about it's not, not just about kicks or something. And it was it – was, it was kind of like, yeah, well, we're not really a kicking side anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting the way it's the way it's way it's shifted. And again, it's it's a bit more exciting to to watch and see when it actually opens up. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, but keys. I think the hand pass is going to be when you get a bit more composure and maturity, and you're used to working with each other. Oh, absolutely. So that, absolutely. That's that's going to come. I'm not and worried. It's also, I think. Um, I think I, one of the ones Schofield's on a, a thousand podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But he, he made a point during this week. He said that the difference between the good and the bad sides is often recognising that moment when your, your teammate's going to win the footy and being able to, to spread. And he said Melbourne recognise it very early. And he said Collingwood, mm. the other ones, he recognise it. And as soon as they go, yeah, we've, we've got this ball, they turn and they run and they just spread forward. And you catch teams out because they get because they, they react quicker. And I think that's what Asterix was sort of saying in terms of trusting your teammate. It was like, we're going to trust that our teammates going to win that footy, um, and then they go. But they also Melbourne also maintained really good structures behind the footy. Mm. There was one thing that was pissing me off in the game was Melbourne always had either May or Lever back deep in defence, like well back. So anytime if we did get a turnover and kick it forward, there was a few of those. We generally had no one to kick to, and we had to slow up, or we did a dump kick and to a two on one or something like that. Alternatively, um, we were allowing uh, oftentimes uh, Melbourne forward to sit 20 metres behind our defence and just sag back. And they knew he was there because I watched, I watched Brass do it a couple of times, turn around and see the guys there and just stay where he was. It gave Melbourne a quick kick out and it, it, it fucked us. Joe, Joe was the best at it for us. He would generally make sure there was always a Melbourne player in front of him. He never let anyone get behind him. He sat a bit deeper. Mm. Um but that's I, someone else. I did see a comment. And they said, "Well, yeah, part of that is our defence pushing up to help lock it inside 50, and they're maybe prepared to wear the one out the back in order to better lock it in." So, uh, uh, look, it's also you. You look at why they've probably got a, a spare defender. Is I've noticed Long and a couple of the other forwards go up to the stoppages to give us that extra mid. Um, so you want to win contested ball. We're trying to win contested ball. It's, it's early days in the game plan. I, I'm absolutely fine with it all. We're not we're not looking stupid. The effort's there. You can mm. see the the structure of what we're trying to do. Um, it's just not quite as cleanly executed. And as you said, Melbourne Melbourne recognise it really quick when they get a stoppage. When, when they, they almost gamble on it as well. They, they'll happily lose it and. They'd rather go early and lose it because they know they'll win more than they don't. But I reckon they gamble more than they go once they feel safe that they've got the footy. They just go, yeah. Like you said before, they trust that their guy's going to win it. They'll risk going forward and, you know, if, whatever. If the Eagles win it and beat them the other way, they trust that the backs will get it back for them. We'll just yeah. have to wait think- until, until they get accused of cheating and running ahead of the game and not supporting their defenders and all that sort of crap. So it'll come back to them when they're playing a good I team. reckon that's, I go. think that's, what's hap- that's how Brisbane have shown up Collingwood and Melbourne by exactly that. The two games up at the Gabba, where they both both Collingwood and Melbourne are probably cheating, but Brisbane managed to win the contested and got it going their way, and they made both sides look a little bit silly at times. Yeah. But that's uh, the Gabba right. with us. Hey, well. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, comment here from Bradley. Thank you for sticking with us, Bradley. Uh, where is Hoff's best position? Asterix, Keys, I know you guys have seen a fair bit of him in the waffle and he's seemingly playing on the halfback. We saw him fits and starts, wing, halfback, just the seven touches in his return. But Asterix, I mean, he was the young player of the season for me last year. I think everybody enjoyed watching him. Just want to watch him build that tank and a bit more size. Is it on the wing? Is it off halfback? I know you said, what's the difference earlier? But where do you see him? Is it? Yeah, where, where do you see him? Okay, don't take Saturday for, for granted. We had too many midfielders and not enough positional players, and and hence it was you know you're dealing with the likes of West as your half forward to be kicking to. So and and Clark was it. anyway. I actually think he's a winger. I think that's his best position. Um, when I look at the lights of um, Bajil going to the half back flank. 
he's a far more astute kick of the ball and picks out and almost kicks to where he wants the player to be, as against Hoff is, uh, what does what Xavier um, use, O'Neill use, uh, use the term, a headless chooks. He does look a bit like a headless chook when he comes running out of defence at times. And there were some great times last year, and I thought, he's got the pace, he's doing everything, and then he turned the ball over because he was a bit mm. of a headless chook. Um, that composure will come with a bit of confidence, a bit of maturity, and slow him down. I don't think he's the the Ash Smith issue that he runs so fast and gets to the gets to the arc and says, oh, shit, what do I do, and craps himself. I think he's just more of composure, and he'll get to that point. Because when he was in his... his um, under 18s year, he was really composed. He looked very smooth and, and silky with his skills. And he was a midfielder and I think more outside than him. Uh, yeah. I'll open I, it up to I the floor. Him. Oh, yeah, Keith. Go. Yeah, I saw him in one of the practice matches in the Waffle and he played half back. He actually looked really good. And he, he did look, with that little bit more time, he looked a bit more composed coming off back. And he defended really well. Um, I can't remember who. I think it was the game against East Perth that we played. Um, he did really, he, he played really well on that. I think initially, probably halfback I'm okay with. But I think, yeah, longer term, I'd rather see him on the wing. Um, right now, I mean, I wouldn't be upset at all if we move Clark out and put half up on to Clark's wing, I think. Um <sighs> I like Greg Clark as a person and things like that, but on on Sunday, I, I think on the wing he just gets found out for his lack of pace. Um, a lack of game of, awareness. Yeah, there was just there was just times it was just like he's just not quite quick enough. Um, no, he's and I'd rather quick, see quick. I'd rather see someone with a bit more speed out on the wing. If we're not going to play Gaff on the wing because he's slowed up, well then I don't see mm. the point in in replacing that wing spot with Clark. So. Um, well, I did see, you know, Alisana's excellent highlight videos. Um, the one yeah. that Congratulations. Yeah. Poster of the year. Um, Clark, the, the highlight videos for Clark did look better than what I kind of remember his game as being. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how he goes again on the... I'd like to see, if we, we'll get to it, I'd like to see him just put Clark on Duncan. As a defensive. Uh, I'll open it up to either of you guys if anybody's got any closing thoughts on the Melbourne game before we move along. Otherwise, we might get stuck into some heroes and villains. Well, just on the Melbourne game, I love I love his intent. But West, oh my goodness, he's, he's a really good waffle. Shouldn't be putting on an AFL jumper unless we're in break glass territory. He's two out of bounds on the full. Oh, for fuck's sake. We've got the momentum. It wasn't a difficult kick under pressure. Mm. I mean, yeah. at most amateur players could have done lace out to or look close to so that the, our player was, was clearly an advantage and he just kicks it. Oh, Plus he's cut his hair. So, well, you know, if he's cut his hair, I don't even want to see him anymore. Anyway, yeah. he's done I, a job. I've... We've got to delist some people at uh, year end. And, you know, he and Clark are early in the lineup to mm. to qualify. All right, gents, heroes and villains. We'll start with some heroes because I think there's a bit of villainy this week. Uh, quick whip around if anybody's got any heroes. Tim Kelly for me. I know I said it last week when he was fourth in the coaches' votes. Well, guess what? He's third in the coaches' votes. He just keeps ticking over. And, you know, as we said, the disposal, lift it by all means. I'm more than happy for him to find more targets, but he's desperate to drag us over the line or drag us into a bit of competitive footy this year. I'm interested to see how he goes this week against the Cats. So big tick, big hero nomination there for Tim Kelly. Case, did anybody please you this week from the West Coast Eagles? Uh, I've, some for the Eagles. Yeah, I think I covered most of them when we were talking. Mm. Um, so I, um, I, I don't even know his first name. I think it actually might actually still be Mark, but McGowan, who's a... Journalist over east. It is Mark McGowan, the has, footy journal, uh, yeah. Who actually called out BT for his fucking bullshit trying to pretend a, a game with five minutes left with a five goal gap was still close. Um, and got himself called a bogan or a dickhead from Tom Brown, of all people, who's a walking fucking moron. Um, so McGowan, <laughs> no, I'm not giving Sumich his, yeah, okay, he pricked the purple feathers a little bit because he made something up but yeah Sumich no fuck off Sumich yeah <laughs> hero nominations there for Oscar yeah. Allen for Sumich for Bailey Williams nice to see all that in the, in the chat there yeah yeah yeah, yeah Oscar's yeah we didn't really Oscar's yeah his, his best game for the year as well so and he's six in the Coleman I think from memory so he's going all right yeah, and you know, goal wise, he's just ticking them over every week. Just kick a couple more, a couple yeah. more. He'll get there. The rust is shaking up. Of, him. He's starting to look nice. One of, one of, I think I saw a tweet from Swamp 
thing. One of, I think, four players to kick multiple game goals in every game this year so far. Um, and he was in some pretty fucking good company too. I think Jeremy Cameron mm. and Kerno, something like that. Rankin. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, any more heroism, Asterix? Anybody you like? Yeah, I've got week? Edwards. I've got Edwards. He's come in with minimal game time, um, quiet preseason. And I just, to me, it was just, well, good. Great. Now, just start building from that. Having last year off, we've seen what it's done to Sheed and others that mm. they're rusty. Yeah. Uh, what about the concept of gather round in general? We had uh, Mr. KK, who jumps on the show from time to time as well. You know, he's uh, South Australia based and let us know how it's pretty much being embraced from all, all sides and they're doing a good job in the community and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sold on it just being a South Australian thing. I thought generally the concept was for them to tour it around. But you know what? There's worse places it could be. If it's going to be SA every year, that's not the end of the world. I would have thought maybe SA one year, New South Wales another, bring it to Perth one year, bring it to Tassie, chuck it in Vic one year. I don't mind. But I, you know what? As a concept, I was, yeah, we'll see what happens. Seems like Keys they're doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, there's, it seems to have got a fair bit of interest. There's a couple of things. I think it works in South Australia. I think the same mm. reason it works in South Australia it would work over here. I have grave fears for how it would go in either New South Wales or Queensland. I think it would fall flat in its face. Um, and if they if they do it in Victoria, I'm going to personally blow up AFL House. Um, I don't mind. They, no, they, they, this is the this is the Vic Bias stuff where it's like I don't mind if everyone gets an equal crack. I'm not here to fight against WA only the team that are the only side that can get it. Vic can have it once. Everyone can have it no. once. That's the beauty. Uh, Share the love. They get, they get, they get on a normal weekend five or six games in Victoria anyway. Mm, yeah. So a gather round where you go from five games to nine games is kind of pointless. I mean, the, the thing is in South, in any other state, you go from one game to nine. So it actually is something different. Yes. In Victoria, nah, fuck it. They don't, no, fuck them. They don't get it. Um, G'day to all the ACO agents just tuning in there for Keys' comments right now, says Paul think, in the comments. G'day, boys. And if they, if they go the other way and they say it's going to be a permanent South Australian thing um, and they've done a good job with it, so, yeah, okay, maybe if they do that, then they have to look at the way they allocate home because this is this year it's an extra home game for, Adel- uh, for Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Mm. If they say, well, okay, we're going to do it in South Australia next year, well, then they lose one of their other home games um, because they can't. They can't be given the Adelaide sides 13 games in Adelaide every year. Um, so they, they have to then rework. You know, they have to throw extra home games to um, to the WA teams or the... You, you, Come on, on Keys. Keys, 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 <laughs> Keys, get fucking real. Oh, do you, do that's you good think stuff. the AFL cares about the integrity of the draw? I know, I know they don't. So then they just, 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 just sit on that but, one and don't worry, mate. <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm googling bomb kits as I speak. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But but look look Good. at it. The the AFL are going to be driven by dollars. Um, yeah. I actually think it's a bit of a pity that they haven't had more um, suburban grounds where they're not going to get a big crowd anyway. But it's uh, got that. Say, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit too. What have they got? Six of the nine games are at um, at Adelaide Oval. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll they, see, we'll see. They're, they're driven by the dollars of the AFL. Yeah, and SA. We're going to do villains. Some cash. Yeah, we'll get to villains. Let's do hero of the week. Who do we reckon gets hero of the week? I think it's got to be one of the one of the young boys coming through, maybe, or unless it's the journalist Mark McGowan for telling Tom Brown to get stuff. Oh, I think Who it's McGowan. We, like? Good I man. Like McGowan. There you go. There you go. Nicely done, Mark McGowan. Come on down. Uh, right, villainy. Asterix, lead us away. Who do you dislike this week? Who's done wrong? Gil McLaughlin. Just fucking retire. Stop this <laughs> yeah. glory. We'll have a lap Fuck of honour. And another lap of honour. And another lap of honour. Just retire. You're not going to fix all the stuff-ups. Don't try to fix your stuff-ups. Get out of here and just go and retire. Uh, a comment here from Andrew with a villain, and this was one of mine, so I'll piggyback off it as well. G'day, Andrew. Uh, the AFL for bending over to Foxtel, not having, send, uh, not having to send commentators to venues to call games. So this was my villain and keys. I know we've discussed this before. The AFL have come out. They've put out a statement. They are standing behind Fox footy, calling a whole bunch of games from a booth in Victoria. I mean, thank God that Adam Papalia is based here, but it's a farce when they do it with the cricket, even though nobody should be watching cricket in general. Dreadful sport. You've got better things to do with your time, folks, be honest. But it looks bad for cricket. It's worse for footy because there's actually play down the field that you need to give a shit about. Andrew, great call. Villain of the Week nomination. The AFL standing behind that. <sighs> Wasn't it beautifully done when you had the people in Melbourne watching mm. from a TV camera calling the oh great shot for goals? It's like it's like in the cricket, which you don't like there, honey badger, but stiff no. shit. 
they called, oh, it's going to be a massive big hit. It's a six. And so like, yeah. no, eight metres in it. from the boundary, it was caught. It's all over. They haven't got the concept of what's happening on the ground. No, but, you know, hey, at least with footy, all that matters is specifically what's happening at the contest and nothing further afield could possibly be of interest to the to the audience at home. Wouldn't it be refreshing that we didn't have to have those flogs in Melbourne calling all the games? Well, this is the other thing. There's an avenue here, and I know, once again, ha, 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 it's laughable that they care about the fixture or the integrity. There is an avenue. If you're doing this, just have state-based teams. Have state-based line-up. And you know what? If ours yeah. sucks, we'll cop it for a few years, and then, you know, I'll, Glenn Jackovich, for example. Will, Will Schofield would be a Terrible good boundary rider. Yep, get Scoey on. I'll stomach more Pav, honestly. If, if Pavlich is going to be our guy week in, week out, alongside Scoey, alongside Papalea, there's up-and-coming young callers. There's radio callers. Just have state-based lineups if this is what we're doing. At least yeah. have them at the game, not calling off a screen. Yeah. They have the picks at half-time and quarter-time coming in for their special special comments. Yeah. But I'm getting sick of the, the same old bloody retired farts sitting there in Melbourne calling the game. That's it. Keys, who else? Yeah, um, yeah, I find it hard to go past the fuckwits of the AFL and um yeah, Gil needs to piss off. But the calling of games, it's um yeah, it really it's 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 unprofessional and it just why I mean I understand it with COVID, but it's gone now. So um the keys. If there's a way to get less of Gary Lyon on the on the on the airwaves, oh, I'm absolutely for it. Yeah, I just they you know, need, yeah. I I give it to um give it to Fox for not sending commentators to grounds. I'm on that. What about one last nomination, which I don't think will beat that? How good are the calls? We've had gather round. We're going to pump up gather round, boys. We're we're doing. Yep, it's a great thing. I know the NRL did it, but we're going to claim we've invented it as well. Awesome. Hang on a minute. There's some good games in gather round between a couple of Victorian sides that are going all right at the moment. Shit. Uh, why don't we take those and what can we, is there a way we can get those ones back in Victoria? How good's this? How good's this is a, you know, like way to stand behind your product guys. It's a month into the season and you're already sick of gather round because St Kilda got good all of a sudden. What a joke. How embarrassing is that? Oh yeah. It's, yeah, they don't quite understand the concept of it. Same as Fremantle supporters wondering why we got a home game in Adelaide extra and it's unfair no oh, surely not like, surely oh, yeah, there's, not be- there's some clowns nah, on twitter that when whatever. the coin tosses said how did west coast get there as a home game and Fremantle have to play away so, <laughs> so just checking <laughs> keys keys why are you communicating with such nufties yeah do, not, do no, yourself no, no, a favor no, and no, ignore them there's some things that come across my phone that i have nothing to do with and they just mm, pop up just um, like when people put bomb threats on this podcast there are certain things that are said that just to be clear <laughs> as Rick's and myself have had nothing to do with and would not endorse in, in any forum whatsoever. <laughs> Feeling of the week. It's the AFL. Good stuff. <laughs> Gentlemen, we've been talking about Gather Round a fair bit. It's Adelaide Oval, except Asterix, it's Geelong. And uh, this is a happy hunting ground for us against a team that has recently just done the business like you would not believe against the West Coast Eagles. So we're not at GMHBA. We're at a stadium that's sort of been all right by us. The Cats, though, they're coming off their best half of footy all year. They've finally woken up from the Premiership hangover. They put Hawthorne to the sword in a way that I have not seen in a long time coming out of halftime of that Easter Monday game. But you know what? A day less rest, neutral venue. You know, the Eagles have a few changes. A couple of things we'll get to in, in pretty quickly with the ins and outs. What's your early uh, gut feel about the West Coast Eagles versus Geelong Clash, Asterix? No chance. Oh, come on. No, nah. nah, no chance. Yeah, fair enough. No, no, look, I mean, do you, you you would have seen that Easter Monday game, I'm sure, there. They absolutely obliterated the Hawks. Do you think we might be on the hook for one of those, or is it going to be a little bit more little bit more Melbourne? Oh, look, I don't think it's going to be 100 points. I think we'll be coming out at the 40 to 60 point loss on it mm-hmm. all. Um, but I, I really don't care. So long as we show the spirit, we show the mm-hmm. endeavour, and we stick to our game plan, That that's the most important thing. And I like the fact that, you know, I'm hoping I'm looking at the lineups now i actually don't want foley o'neill and petra petricelli to come in i was quite happy giving the guys from last week another turn mm. i'd actually drop maybe maybe one of west or um or uh who else maybe clark, clark. But it looks like yeah. clark's listed on the field so drop west and um as much as i said i'm probably yeah, we're probably short on in height. So do we bring in Harry Edwards underdone? I'd actually turn around and say Rotham, mm. 2023 is your test point. It's either ship up, shape up to what we need to do or we're shipping you out and play him on um, 
on Cameron. Cameron's not a big clunking mark. Clark's um, Cameron's running up the field a lot and getting a lot of possessions in the defensive half. And just say to Rotham, you're on him. You man on man him, and you you just shut him down. And if you have yeah, to hit matchup. him, you hit him. Hit him. It's the club will play out of our they're... soft cap. Any any infringements you have, and your match payments will be double if you lose your lose your games because you you know just hit him. Be very very physical, and I, I want to see Rotham do something other than his gun swinging, walking around with his slow kicking and his little dribble lollipop passes. Get in there and play him hard. Uh, comment coming through here from Avishka just sort of towards that point there, Asterix. Keen to see how Rotham goes now. Drafted as a dashing back flanker, but that part of him was coached. Uh, that part was coached out of him over the last few years to the point where he's regressed over the last two seasons. Uh, and hopefully, trying to make us not so reliant on Jermaine Jones as a bit of a rebounder. Keys, if we go through the ins and the outs, uh, obviously the Sunday game, so there's a few extra ins. Harry Edwards, Foley, O'Neill, Petricelli, Zane True, and Alex Witherden are all listed as the ins. The outs so far, Tom Cole injured. And I know uh, we actually didn't mention that in Heroes and Villains, but another late curveball non-injury list injury. So Tom Cole is out. Elijah Hewitt omitted. Uh, and I think hopefully that's to go get a full game of waffle and, and start to build that tank. And Shannon Hearn managed as well. Interesting to see, Keys, that we're starting to see a little bit of management. There's also some talk about uh, maybe Jinby might be in for a bit of a rest and just starting to make sure we're looking after the bodies in, at, at the top end and the and the bottom end of the of the age spectrum. Yeah, I think um, on the 6PR interview that I sort of mentioned before, um, Simpson said Jinby's playing. Okay. Um, so he was he was definite. He said they've managed, managed him and Long during the week and backed off their training loads and said they were both playing. So um, there's a little bit of... Um, with injuries, there's a little bit of speaking with forked tongue with Simpson at the moment. I'm a bit... I'm a little bit peeved about... I mean, they came clean with Nat Nui last week, but then Cole was like, well, we knew... You obviously knew Cole had an injury, and now it comes out that he's going to be out for several weeks, at least. Um, so, well, why wasn't that disclosed on Tuesday? Um, Sheed, I think they probably only saw the doctor today who said his throat's not healed properly, so he's out for another two weeks, at least, according to them. Um, the only good thing about that is he said he can run and everything like that fine so he can keep his, he'll maintain his fitness and his touch and everything like that. It's just that contact's a problem. Um, so he, won't, he won't lose his speed, will he? <laughs> no, no, his speed's good. So, no, Thank God. Don't, no, 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 no sweat there. Um, I think Hearn, uh, Witherden for Hearn, I kind of like. I, I think, I've, I don't really like the side with Hearn and Witherden in it. I think I like I like Witherden Witherden doing Hearn's role. I kind of wanna I want to see how he goes with that without Hearn in the side. Mm. Um, the other the other ends, I'm not I'm not quite sure who else comes in. Um, I th- I I was thinking Harry Edwards because of the height, but I'm kind of I did I, I I do like the idea of Rothen just getting a challenge on on Cameron and seeing how he goes. And uh, I don't Geelong. I don't think I don't have any other tools up forward other than Hawkins and Cameron from memory. I think and Edwards Edwards probably isn't strong enough for Hawkins. Mm. And I don't think coming off a rolled ankle is not quick enough for Cameron. So I'd rather I'd rather gamble on smalls. And I think the weather in Adelaide is maybe going to be wet as well on Monday, Sunday. So um, and I think we're the fifth game on Adelaide Oval this weekend. Yeah. So the ground could be. Yeah, it could be a bit chopped up by that. So I don't. I, I'd probably rather not have Edwards in there. So um, you know, maybe Foley, perhaps if we want another defender. But I mean, if you need, he missed last week. I don't really want him in. Um, so we got Yo. Yo can sort of play a bit taller. He can play second now. tall. He can well, play on here, Cameron. Yo versus Cameron yeah. is the question coming through now, and obviously yeah, he's all uh, under done. Well done, yeah, Paul. That, that, I think as a as a um, if they share it between Rotham and Yo um, as a chop out sort of yeah yeah. Well, if, so, if 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 Rotham can soften him up and get a bit of bit of claret coming from the old skull, and then Yo oh, comes God. in and runs off him, then that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The violence, the violence podcast. Yeah, um, Andrew, have I turned so, into the big violence podcast? Bit, Nicely done. A little bit, little bit disappointed to see Hewitt omitted, but I understand if they. Provide they play him in the waffle in the midfield, mm. then I'm okay with that. Um, and Cole, you know, we probably, you know, they'll just run the half plays down back. And so that's, I think you can, 
Pietro Cherry, Asterix said, no, I'd, I'd like to see Pe- – I, I thought we were one forward down. Yeah, maybe. Um, the balance was – yeah, we were mid-heavy. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind seeing Pietro Cherry come in for that. And I, would, I wouldn't I would be against – Trues had some pretty solid waffle form. So, you, you know, reward him with reward form, bring him in and give him a crack. Um, uh, his hands in close, from what I've been told, were pretty good against South Fremantle. Um, so, yeah, yeah, give give Trui a crack. I mean, we're not, we need to see – these are the guys – yeah, you know, when we've got blokes that like Sheed and Shuey and that guys like we need to see what they what they've got because mm. yeah, at the end of the year we're going to have to make a decision on their on their future. So we might as well might as well see what they've got. Um, so I yeah, so true Petch and with the, the three ends for me. Very nice. Uh, and then toss a coin for the and sub. Rotham obviously off the off the twenty third man. Yeah, yeah elevated yeah. up from the sub. I think Hoff might be the sub. I hope not. I hope we see plenty of him. I just want to see minutes into these kids. And I like the concept of them sending Hewitt back to Waffle for, you know, two or three weeks. Good body of work it's in the midfield and come back up. If you look at Hewitt, I could see what he was trying to do. This pace of the game was a fraction faster than he was ever used to, and he was trying to do and got caught. So there's mm. parts of that that I think, yeah, let, let's build that confidence up in the waffle. And before Chester went down, I thought we made a mistake mm. in playing him too much in the in the senior side. He needs his confidence up. He he had lost a lot of his football IQ from not having played much for the previous three years. Yeah. What constitutes a win on the weekend, Asterix, given that we don't think it's going to be the result, certainly? I mean, uh, look, as we said, Geelong, slow to wake up this season, but they seem to have done it now. Certainly, they had a fantastic half against the Hawks. Eagles, from a list point of view, we are where we are with the with the injuries and you know with the list that we had coming into the season, frankly. So what do you look for? Is it more of the same in the development? Is it sticking to the game plan, even if the scoreboard's not going our way? Where do you come away from Sunday and go, you know what, there was another good hit out. That's another step towards what I want to see the club do. Well, I've not disliked any game apart from the North Melbourne game this year. And we haven't won them. So it's when we actually have, stick to our game plan. We're still playing the the the, the youth, um, and we're playing players in the position we want them to develop into. So the example of of Hoff, yeah, look, play him on that half back flank, and you know, or the wing. It doesn't really matter which one, but make sure you 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 get him playing to his strengths, not trying to fill in and do something which is. Yeah, that's why I was a little bit pissed off with uh, West on the half forward flank. He's not smooth. He's not silky. He can't hit targets. So he's he's a bustling inside mid, or he's not playing. Mm. So don't bring in Hoff and stick him on as a high half forward. He hasn't been practicing that, as an example. So that that's what would to me just keep more of the same of we've had for the last three weeks. Trust the guys, back them in. Um, that's an important thing. I'd also like to see from Duggan and Rotham some leadership in defence. These are guys that have been around for a number of years. They should be they should be standing up as our leaders. And I go a bit hot and cold on Duggan. He talks the good talk on being a leader, but doesn't often show it on the field that I recognise anyway. Uh, Key's one to watch for me. We'll get into our tips pretty shortly, but Cully, there was a bit of chat around him on the board, and I think it's just people, uh, you know, last year he was he was the golden boy and he couldn't do any wrong. We were all so excited about him and then did look very rusty, admittedly, against Melbourne, but that's a great Melbourne outfit. He hasn't played footy in, what, six months, eight months, something like that. Mm. He worked his way into the game, attended a lot of centre bounces, still come away with six tackles. Last year, round 23, the Eagles got absolutely destroyed by Geelong. They just walked all over us and they were resting up for a premiership tilt, obviously. Cully still, you know, 10 tackles in that game he's going to get a lot of center bounce attendances 70 percent time on ground on the weekend and last year his top uh he played 74 percent was his best so for me i'd like to see the guys like cully and you know let's say uh jinby keeps another another shot in the middle as well build the game time build the center bounce attendances and let's turn this list fully over embrace it okay the game will go one way it might go the other way you know on, on our best wildest dream sort of scenario but how does cully go against a, a pretty talented midfield on paper they're, they're building and they're maybe back to their best in Geelong. But what, what does Cully do? How does he back up? How does Jimby go? That's sort of what I'm looking for. Yeah, just a contest around the ball. You try and try and stop them breaking breaking out. I think that game last year, I think Dangefield had a pretty good game and broke free and um, and I, Cully mentioned the off-season, how he learned a lot from that game, mm-hmm. seeing how Dangefield worked and things like that. I don't think Cully's got the pace to go with Dangerfield, so I'd rather see him maybe sit Jimby on Danger if he's got a bit better pace for him. Um, you know, Cully can sort of look at someone like Guthrie, perhaps. And I think um, I didn't watch the Hawthorne game, the John Hawthorne game on TV, but I listened the first half 
um, on radio, and from memory, I, I can't remember who they had, but they someone was sitting on Guthrie and was doing a pretty good job on him. Um, so I don't know how that um, how that pan how that sort of broke open. Um, the and weather, I thought, was the main factor in that game. I'm not going to pretend that I was sitting there and looking at all the tactical changes that the Cats were making, but the first half was very, very slick, and it sort of dried off a little bit, and that third quarter was 22-1 to one inside 50s, and yeah, they kicked 13 yeah. goals in a row at one point. Like, that was just... Yeah. It turned I, think, I think, yeah, I don't think any... Only the most highly optimistic Eagle fans and um, Fitzpatrick and Gibbs probably think we've got a chance at winning. Um... I think I said last week against Melbourne, I thought if we could keep it under five goals, I'd be wrapped. If we keep it under five goals, I'd be wrapped. I'm not expecting us to keep it under five goals. Um, I'd like us to maybe get a bit better reward for effort than we did last week against Melbourne. Um, and if we can do that and we can keep it to, yeah, if we keep it under 60, um, you know, that's, and we show the sorts of things we showed last week, then I'm okay with that. If it blows out much over 60, you're probably walking away going, which is, mm. we need. We need to probably stay in the game better than that for longer. Um, but if we can keep it to, you know, five, six goals, um, I'd be happy. Especially uh, Geelong, Geelong should be called the spinnakers because there's no team that likes a wind at their backs better than, than those guys. They're, for as long as I've been watching VFL, AFL footy, Geelong have always loved kicking up a big score when they've got their, when they've got the sniff and um, when they're going down breeze. And I, I hope that we don't get one of those sort of Ooga Booga Stadium games where they just get a hold of us and, and tear us apart. That's, you know, that would be really confidence sapping for fans and for the players themselves. Hey, Honey Badger, you talked about Cully. Um, yeah. Over the pre-season, he was interviewed and he said in the Geelong game, he realised how much he had to do better when he was up against the Geelong midfielders. So I'd love for him to be given a chance to measure himself again against the Geelong midfielders and to work out how he's improved himself mm. and how much further he has to go. But that was quite refreshing, that that interview. I forget where it was, but it was, it was just nice hearing it. And uh, that, That's what I think. Stick stick to what we want to do. That's important. Um, and and don't go clogging up the game and going back to re you know defensive passes and backwards and stuff like that. Just stick with what we've got. And if it means we get belted, but we're playing proper good football that'll that'll take us into the future, I'm okay with that. Very nice, very nice. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I reckon I might lead us off with some tips. We'll go around and do who's going to win by how much and what eagle. You can either do best eagle or you can do in light of more of a developmental view. What eagle are you most excited to see? Obviously, I think we're all going to be unanimous on the cats. Uh, I'm concerned, Keys, like you said, that when they get on a roll, they get on a roll. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Let's say, look, I'll say Geelong are going to win. I'll say it's going to be 52 points, something like that. It'll be around that 10-goal mark, I reckon, because the talent should tell. Now, I think there's a version of of the game where it doesn't tell or whether we're competitive. I just want to see us link up with the forwards a little bit more. Radigalea has been good this year down back, but I don't think they have that inf- you know infallible system like uh, like Melbourne do and, and the great spares and also sharpen up a little bit, lower the eyes a bit. Honestly, I don't mind dumping it in if you go and get a forward stoppage. Just don't kick it down the line to the spares and let you know Radigalea and Stewart and these guys just walk it out. So I'll say the Cats will win by the round that 50 mark. Jermaine Jones for best on ground for me. He had uh, 10 rebounds last time they played. 28 touches, 10 rebounds, and that's, you know, he's improved, I would say, since then. He certainly found a bit more of an attacking role since then. So, JJ to lead the way for us. Uh, Asterix, who do you think is going to win? What's the margin? And who are you looking forward to seeing? So, Geelong by a long margin of 44. And um, a round of applause, standing ovation for Rotham as he fronts the tribunal on a Tuesday night for intentional, dangerous, high and spiteful. A new category to be put in for that one. Spiteful. And uh, potential to cause, what is it? Potential to cause injury? Potential to cause a riot, something like that. Good on you, Josh. It was, that, exactly. Well, it's in, it's in Adelaide. If he takes out Cameron, he'll probably get patted on the back. Who's winning this one, Keys? We think it's the Cats, uh, right? I think, I think, yeah. I think um, Asterix basically stole what I was going to say. I was going to say 42, which is awful Ooh. close to 44. So, but I'll uh-huh. stick with 42. Cause, and I was going to say, I was going to say Rotham. Um, not not because I wanted him to uh, uh, come out with a assault charge, um, but I I feel that with the way our backline is for the first time in in quite some time and and possibly the first time ever, he's actually a very strong chance of um, 
of being given genuine responsibility. Yes. Um, you know, it's not just, okay, you're not just the third tall come in, play your role or something like that. It's like you are going to potentially have a specific task, a specific job to do, um, and I'd really like to see how we go. I, I thought in the game against the practice match against Adelaide, um, when he came on, I thought he actually showed some pretty good intent, um, broke his arm, mm. part of it. Um, was was that I, a close hanger that he was giving or...? <laughs> no, it wasn't. He was going. Uh, an Adelaide player came back with a flight of the ball into a marking. Um, uh, the, 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 the blowing up at our house, that's a bit of a long burn. So um, it might be Rotham first. Um, so, yeah, i just like to see how Rotham goes with actually genuine responsibility. Mm. And we get to see whether or not uh, he, he's capable of having an impact after kind of promising and not delivering for a long time. Very good, gents. I reckon we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's another show in the books. And look, certainly as we sort of circled around all show, developmental game perhaps and, and one to watch the kids, one to watch the system. But look, fingers crossed they give it a red hot go. And Keith's touched on it. I'd like to see some reward for effort because, you know, by God, they deserve it against some of these better sides. They gave a real red hot shake against Freo, not obviously putting them in the same category as Melbourne or Geelong, but they could have been closer at halftime. And, and we saw in that Freo game the benefit of just staying close and staying close you can really come away from a game and and think you've learned a few things and have a bit of growth have a bit of confidence so yeah fingers crossed for the eagles this week in round five in adelaide keys thank you very much for coming on the show very good very good asterix season debut good to uh turn over the list and and explore our options explore what we've got this year on the field off the field so thank you very much for coming on the show as well nicely done thank you and let's remember that josh rotham is 193 centimeters imagine what oh yeah he needs to start using it we're going to have this guy <laughs> trialed at the Hague Wings, by the Wings end of this show. <laughs> Goodness me. Well, yeah, let's leave it before Rotham gets 25 to life. Thank you very much for Thanks, watching, guys. Keys, Asterix, thank you for being on the show. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.